Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of Code Commerce 2017 in New York City. If you like it, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. Should I? No. No, you well, didn't. She promised us a body roll on stage. I was trying to teach so. her how to body roll. She wouldn't oh. do it. Yeah, well, I had, that's it, probably at, not. at the same time, I'm a lesbian, but I'm not Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm real not nice like Ellen. She's real I love nice. We might not need to do that for a Facebook Live. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll do body um, rolls right, later. So let's get started. Johanna, yes. why don't you start off? Yeah. So you, Uber announced that you were hired in June, correct? Yes. And so you, you, but you didn't start until a few weeks after that. No, I started right away. Okay. Actually. Yeah. And so now you've gotten time. I assume you've had your orientation. You yes. know where the former war room, now peace yes. room is? now the peace room. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have my badge. Yeah, good. I have, I have <laughs> all the credentials. Getting out of the buildings, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, now that you've gotten settled, what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, well, so, you know, I think usually in any transition, you, you know, want to take a little bit of time uh, between the last job and the new job, get your head straight, you know, think about what you want to do in the future. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have time for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, in this one, and, and to the question, it was like, you know, we announced that I was joining, and then almost immediately, it was like, okay, I got to get to work. Um, and work for me is a number of things. It's, uh, you know, understanding sort of the landscape, you know, of, of what is happening. So whether in the press or in culture or, you know, uh, developments in the app and in the product, um, and then figuring out how to actually tell that story. You know, what are all the channels that are available? to us. And so figuring out what are the important stories to tell, what channels are the best ones to tell them in, who are we actually talking to, because that, I mean, that's, that's as important as anything else. Um, and that requires a whole host of things, you know, whether it's about research, you know, to understand what the actual challenges are, um, whether in the product itself or with perception, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, figuring out, well, what are the right messages and the ways to tell them? You know, right. so creating the creative narrative. So that would be difficult in normal circumstances. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you arrived, you were hired by a CEO who was then ousted by shareholders. Yeah. There's been revelations aplenty, one yes. after the next, that's including on Recode and New York Times and other mm-hmm. things. Uh, there's a lawsuit. There's a shareholder fight between the shareholder and the founder. Um, you've gotten a new. Uh, there was a CEO search that went on as if it was The Bachelor. Um, you've got a lot of challenges. <laughs> yes, everything was bright. Yes, in and the spotlight. But, but for, let's start with the first one. You were hired by someone who was fired. Right. Um, and for v- different reasons at the time. So, how do you, you report now to who? Francis. Yes, Francis Fry. Okay. Yep. So what? Explain how that transition was, because you're not, this is not a normal circumstance right. by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, I mean, I've said this before, which is that I felt like I knew enough of what I needed to know. I asked a lot of questions before I took the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked some difficult ones, you know, of, of Travis himself. And, um, Such as? I got, well, a lot of things like, what is coming? Right. Right. <laughs> what else is there, you know? Um, because I wanted to know as much as I could before coming in, like if, if it was going to be um, not just about the work, but for me, you know, because I, I think sometimes we forget that it's not just about the work, you know, it's about me being in the space. Right. You know, I want to be in a healthy environment. You know, the, the job is tough enough. And if, if I'm not in a healthy environment, I can't, um, I can't produce, quite simply. Did you have a problem with what went on before and what yeah. has been revealed? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. 
didn't tell me about that problem. What was your problem? With well, I think there so there there are so many problems right. in so many places. Um, I don't believe that there is yet a utopia, you know, for right. a person like me in right. an environment like this. Um, and I've said before also that I'm actively, I feel like just being is also part of the solution, that if there are more people like me, then the environment will also change. Um, but I wanted to make sure that any of the issues, whether, it, you know, any of the claims, the things that were happening, you know, um, this very aggressive culture or, you know, sexual harassment or any of the things that had been talked about, um, was that was that a present thing? You know, were they things that they were that were happening on a daily basis? You know, it's like, do you walk down the hallways and do I do I feel afraid? You know, do I sit in an office and feel like my colleagues are looking at me in a way that won't allow me to align ideas or that my you know efforts are not going to be appreciated? Uh, and what I found was very different. You know, because I did go to the office, I did talk to people, I walked around, I wanted to know. It wasn't it wasn't just his perspective. I wanted to know a lot of people's perspectives. Uh, and what I found was really encouraging to me, and I felt like I could do it. But what was their pitch to you? What was their charge? Why is you, when I first spoke to you when you joined, yeah. um, you said this was, you knew it was going to be a challenge. Yeah. Why is this a challenge that you felt like it was worth taking on? Oh, man, it's, it's multi-layered really for me. You know, some of it is the professional and some of it is the personal. Mm -hmm. um, on the professional front, I mean, there are just so few times I feel like for a marketer, you know, a brand person who can come into a situation and literally put your stamp on something and say, okay, I did that thing, right? It's not a campaign. It's not, you know, because we, we produce campaigns all the time. It used to say it was a campaign. It used to be, <laughs> but it's not, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not that. It's, it's about a total, the, the total structure, mm -hmm. you know, of a brand. And it's so complicated, you know, and so to be able to do that, uh, or have the opportunity to do that is a big one for, my, for me and my career, right? And for what I do as a marketer. Um, for personally, I, you know, I, I get a little bit emotional when I, when I talk about this because I, I, feel it, I feel it to my heart, which is that you know, I don't want to run you know, from any situation. I don't want to feel like I don't belong someplace. Mm -hmm. you know? I think it's unfair. Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, if I can go into a situation like this, which has been sort of the tip of the spear for what is wrong, and we can fix that thing, I know for sure like, everything else will be all right. You know, I just want to hold up the mirror and say, okay, if, the, if, this, can, if this place can do it, right. then so can every place else. Right. And so I, I want to feel that. You know, I don't want to be in any other situation where I feel like I can't produce or I can't be my whole self mm -hmm. because there are prejudices or uncomfortable situations because right. of who I am. All right, so it, it may, I'm sorry if I'm paraphrasing correctly. Yeah. It's like if I can take this disaster area and make it look pretty, it, or make it look good or get back to a healthy place. Presumably that's the goal. Yeah. So let's talk about that, like how you do that. I, I think there's probably not been a bigger brand challenge. Um, <laughs> and maybe it's, I mean, you have research that shows nobody cares. It yeah. could be a Trump situation, nobody cares, like no matter what you all do there mm. over at Uber. Uh, I care. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people in Silicon Valley care. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the brand challenge. I mean, I, I was trying to think how do you sell how do you get, like I stopped using Uber, I did, for mm. lots of reasons. I still use it. She, she, she uses it. Um, I'm Should using it again now? because of Dara, because I want to give him a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did, it was definitely a, a consumer choice. I was like, enough of these 
and the stuff I learned, I was like, no, I'm not giving money to these people. Mm. So when you, what is the immediate brand challenge? Because I mean, you can't really sell now with 100% less sexual harassment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what? I don't think you should like be our no, copywriter. No, or, no, exactly. or, uh, yeah. I don't think it will work out. Right. No more <laughs> regulatory lying. Um, right, 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 you know, right. You know, we promise. You're definitely not getting the job. Like, just so we're clear. It's we not happening for you. promise not to physically attack you in cars. Um, so what is, what do you, what do you do with this brand? Yeah. You've got, literally, you've got the lawsuit, you've got the, the report, the yeah. older report, you've got this, you've got that. Where do you begin as a marketer? Yeah. Like, you can't be, and you can't be shiny happy, right? No, you can't be shiny happy. I think it's a combination of things. You know, I, I think like any, um, any product or any brand, it's multifaceted. You know, it's very complicated. Storytelling is very complicated, right? It's like you've got to show uh, some of the uh, inspiring things. You've got to show some of the things that you're sorry about, that you're fixing. You've got to show some of the things that are funny and light. You know, it's a, it's a complication of things that you've got to present so that it doesn't feel so one-dimensional because it's not. Nothing ever is. Right. You know, and so to me, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, yes, there are a lot, there are a lot of things that have happened. We've got to, you know, address those things and make sure that people understand that, like, no, nobody's okay with this, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have people who are inside of the company, 16,000 people who work there. You've got millions of drivers. You've got all kinds of people who are interacting, and there's, there's so many stories to tell. I simply want to show that. Okay. You know, I think that's the first thing, which is that I want to show the diversity of the story that it's not just one thing, it's not one-sided. Yes, of course, those things are terrible and we're working to fix it, but there are other things that are also happening and how can we talk about the whole picture? So how do you start with the I'm sorry part? Because I would assume that's the first move. Yeah, well, I think there's a, a number of ways to do that. First of all, you know, I think at this point, to your point earlier about, you know, you can't really just come out and say, okay, you know what, we're gonna do this and do that and do that. You have to show it, mm -hmm. you know, and that takes some time, it really does. It's like there, there are lots of initiatives right now uh, to get you know the culture sorted so that we don't run into some of the issues that we've had before. I have great colleagues, you know, in the HR teams and the culture teams who are helping to do that, uh, and I trust that they're doing their jobs well. So yeah, that how do you I can message be a, that. How do you oh well, I mean, you know, it's difficult to do it straight on. It really is. Um, I don't think that you can in an ad. You know, yeah, you, no. there's, right, like you just tried to copyright yeah. that, you can't, you can't do that. Brilliant. No, it's not brilliant. <laughs> I think you're a brilliant person, but that was not brilliant. Uh, good for me. <laughs> but what would you do? How do you communicate um, that? Well, I think there's a number of ways. I mean, so it would never be in, a, in necessarily a campaign, right? right? But I think you need to have people talk about it. So it is in situations like this. It is in having, uh, you know, some of our leadership talk about it in public spaces. Uh, and that's the way that you get, a, you get to it. So it's more of a uh, communication challenge than it is an advertising challenge, at least for that part of it. But you talk generally about you know, the story that you're trying to tell, that Uber is sort of this diverse entity, not you know, this um, single-faceted thing that in everything that you've heard in the press is the only thing that Uber is. Yeah. I obviously agree with that because you know, any company is that way as well. But specifically, what is, the, what is Uber's brand today and what are you trying to make it and how are you going to do that? Yeah. Well, I think the brand today, aside from you know, some of the other challenges, is that it's a utility. You know, a really efficient, good, strong utility. Something that you can you know, launch to get you from here to there. Um, and it needs to be more than that. You know, there needs to be love there. There needs to be some emotion that is connected to the user and to the product, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, what, that's literally what I'm trying to get to, right? So right now, the company has done a great job of getting, to, you know, getting the growth and getting the product in the world and making sure that people can use it, that it's reliable, all of those things. Uh, but now it's about love. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we've got we've to get people to be in love with the product and therefore use it before, like think about it before you even use it. So you, when you talk about utility, Facebook talked about itself as a utility oh, right, for right, a long right. time. Yeah. Um, and we, I just did an interview with Scott Galloway and he was talking about how each brand represents something. Apple represents sex. Facebook represents love. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. This <laughs> is fascinating. It was. It was interesting. So what does, so I think uh, uh, Google represented usefulness, Amazon represented sustenance, you know, he, like the main things you want. Yeah. What is Uber, what it, right now, when you're doing lots of research, Ooh, presumably, yes, what, yes, yes, because yes. utility is not, like, I love my electric company, is not really a thing, <laughs> right? So what, what do you imagine, how, you, how yeah. can you get people to love Uber? Because I can... It feels very bad boyfriend, like I'm not going back to him kind of thing. So right. what, how do you get people to love Uber? And this is pre-all really, the other stuff, because it yeah. was so aggressive and yeah, yeah, had yeah. that image. I mean, I think quite literally, it is about movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sort of flying off the cuff here. I feel like it, it is about movement. And so to me, if I think about it more emotionally, it is, it is a movement also of like feeling and like, you know, of, of upward mobility and of opportunity and those types of things. So when I think about it, it's, it's something more emotional underneath the utility of like moving from here to there. You know, that it can be that, but it's also about the opportunity that you see at hand, you know, and, and the opportunity for other people to be, you know, to have a platform to also improve their lives and, you know, create their own businesses. What, what is the research showing now? About. That you've done research on yes. what people think. What do people right now, yeah. what is the polling on Uber? Well, there's, I mean, it's a very complicated, you know, uh, group of thoughts that I'm still trying to synthesize. Uh, but from the outset, there are a number of things. People really love the product itself. Right. That is clear. Mm-hmm. You know, the people love it. They want to use it. They rely on it. Uh, and it's growing. So that's one. Um, people don't necessarily feel attached to it. You know, so there's a, so for me, that's, that comes into the emotion of it. So if you, if you describe, you know, like if you describe other brands and ask what people are thinking about those brands, they often associate feeling with those brands. They don't associate the, you know, they don't say, oh, Nike sneakers, you know, it's, some, it's something greater than that. You know, it's, it's about like feeling inspired to be greater. Uh, even if you're sitting on your couch, <laughs> you know? How do you, how do you get that across when the only interaction you have with this brand is through its app? Uh, well, that's through the storytelling, mm-hmm. you know? So to me, again, it's like, if, if, let's just work on the movement thing for a second. If, if I'm talking about movement, I'm talking about the movement of people and of emotion, of like, you know, upward mobility, then I want to tell those stories. You know, I, wanna, I want people to see drivers who have, you know, changed their lives because of this opportunity, right? Or that when you get in a car and it's very intimate space, you know, you and one other person or you're in a pool and you're with a few other people, what is that, what is that moment? You know, maybe you're, you're in a particular situation, you're sitting in this moment with some other strangers and something happens there, you yeah. know? I don't take and more, pool. What'd you say? I don't take you, pool. Oh, you don't? Why? Yeah. She also people. doesn't take Uber. Oh, you hate people. That's hate fantastic. People. Okay. Don't talk to me, drive me to the place, <laughs> let me get out. Okay, well, all right, but, there, but there's a story there too, you know yeah. what I mean? I think, that, but that, that's what's so interesting to me. So many dynamics, you know, yeah. it's like when people get in a car and, for instance, um, I'm going to drive soon, so, what? I'm, what was that? You're going to drive? Yeah, Uber I'm going to drive an Uber soon, in, in these. Okay. Right. Maybe they'll be studded or yeah. something, you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to drive because I think one of the most interesting things, I, I love it when I get, you know, into the Uber and, you know, it's like if I have a 
sweater on or something, I take it off, and then the driver turns on the air. You know, it's like non-communication. Like, he's already seen that something has happened, right? Or the opposite. Or, you know, there's like these little cues that happen, and I, I just wonder, like, that must be really difficult. You know, to like, okay, somebody gets in the car, they, they have some energy about them, maybe they're sad or they're mad or in their rush or whatever the thing is, right? And you're in this small space. And I've got to concentrate on the path to get to the place that I need to go to. And I've got to watch out to make sure that they're all right in the car. You know, warm, cold, like, they like, want music, they not want me to speak to them, they want to have a conversation. You know, there's so many things to think about. And I, I think it's a really fascinating moment to think about all of those small pieces uh, that perhaps we don't spend enough time thinking about. It's interesting that you, you said that Uber's brand right now is that it's a utility. The mm -hmm. messaging around is that. But for the first time, I think, this year, we saw that brand actually made an impact on its business yeah. um, in the ride hail industry. Because typically, consumers base their decisions on what ride hail company they're going to use on price, convenience, efficiency. Mm -hmm. And then brand is kind of the fourth or fifth yeah. consideration. Yeah. Um, but then we saw the first Delete Uber campaign yeah. where Uber had built such little goodwill around its name mm -hmm. that even though it didn't do anything wrong at that point, Lyft was still operating during the, the taxi driver protest yeah. um, and they didn't get any of the vitriol um, as a result of it. Even though they didn't do anything, people were very quick to rally against them. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what would you, just? I just want to get a better feeling of what the process is for reacting to something like that for yeah. someone in your role. What would you have done during that first Elite yeah. Uber campaign? That's a, it's a really, you know, if I, I could lie and say I've never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I have. It, it keeps me up, you know, because like, what if that happens again? You mm -hmm. know, or, or what, what would you do if that happens, right? And it's, it's really, even though I want to answer it, it's very difficult to answer because I do drive from the gut. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do. I, I, I think, you know, you start to make mistakes when you just do the math. You know, and start to look at research and say, okay, well, this demographic exists this, and that demographic exists that. It's too robotic. You know, it, that, that's why we're human. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like sometimes we think, yes, it's a utility and it's you know tech, but at the end of the day, it, it's really human. It's human to human. Right. And so, for me, I want to think about the ways that people like what is happening at the time. You know, and what well, are people it, thinking about? In that like, case, what's driving everyone them? Everyone believed Uber did it. They yeah, immediately right. went to the brand. Of course, this brand would screw. Immigrants. Right. I've never been put in a position where I've actually had to defend Uber to people that I was talking to. Right. But I, had, I was trying to convince people to right. explain them what actually happened, right. and nobody could be convinced of it. Right. But I think sometimes, it's, it's, sometimes it can be as simple as a statement. You know, and I think in recent uh, days, there have been statements that you know, Uber has made uh, in support of many things that right. I think as a country and as a society, uh, we don't want to stand for. You know, it's like Charlottesville, you know, we made a statement. Like, that, that's important. It's important for people to understand how you feel. You know, it's really important. I don't think I can underline that enough. You but know? More specifically, that, let's say it happens, people yeah. start deleting their accounts. What is the first thing you do? You have to make a statement. You have to say something, mm -hmm. you know, which is, which is to align your position, you know, to be clear about where it is that you line, wh what side you, st you stand on. You know, I really do think that in this day and age, and, and to your question before about like, you know, um, brands becoming, or, or in this case, it's like it was a utility or people are using their ride share for value or whatever else, and then now it's like, okay, brands are really important. I think that's becoming faster. Mm 
-hmm. You know, I think anything, any new thing that comes, um, it used to be like, okay, this is, you know, the competition is about whether or not, you know, there is, you know, if it's beverages, it's like, okay, calorie counts and, you know, recharging and all those things. Uh, and then very quickly things become, become parity, mm -hmm. right. you know, and then you have to use other things to distinguish between the brands. And that's where we are now. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the issue of gender in Silicon mm. Valley and diversity. Yeah. Uh, it's a big topic, obviously. Um, Uber's been at the center of it. Now we have SoFi, we've got all the, every venture, all the venture capitalists. Yeah. Um, you were hired, uh, you were running via Ariana, is that correct? Yeah. Through Ariana Huffington. Um, you've got Leanne Hornsey there, you've got Francis, mm -hmm. uh, Jill, all those. It sometimes feels like they brought in the women to clean up the mess <laughs> the men make. You know, that's what it feels like. And it's kind of horrible in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, that they can't control themselves and you all have to come in. Do you feel, I mean, you've been, you've discussed this issue of tokenism, of both mm. being a woman, mm. being an African-American. What do you, um, how do you look at that? Because you're saying, I have to be here to show the differently, but you shouldn't have to be a symbol mm. at the same time. You're a working person yeah. that isn't, you know, it's not an identity thing, yeah. it's necessarily. So how do you, how do you look at that? Because it feels, it feels a little like that. Let's get ourselves a lady to clean this place up or, you know. <laughs> a I mean, lady cleaner? Is lady that cleaner. Right, yeah, exactly. So what do you, how do you look at that, what's happening now? Well, I wish I could be more you're from ideal. LA where you had, it's a very different. Yeah, yeah, but not really. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm still living in the world. Like, yeah. I still face these things daily. It doesn't matter where I am, yeah. you know? Uh, and I, I think that's, that's another point that I want to make, which is that, you know, this is not unique to Silicon Valley. You know, right. th this happens in the grocery store. Like, right. th you know, th this thing happens all the time, and it's not new to me. Right. You know, it's like I've been a black woman my entire life. People right. question all the time. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, this is in case people didn't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. It could have been something else. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Uh, but it is... Well, it take is, apart the woman first. The woman. Take the woman part first? Yeah. Or can you not do No, that? I can't. Right. Okay. I don't know how to... Be, so, what do you look at when you see Silicon Valley? Let's talk about Silicon Valley. Even yeah, though it's yeah. everywhere, yeah. it's real bad in Silicon Valley It is really right bad now. in Silicon Valley, so, yeah. Which, and that's where I work. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I'm, I feel very much charged to take that on, you know? And I wish I could be ideal and say, you know what, I should be seen, you know, just for what I do and who mm -hmm. I am and, you know, forget the labels, mm -hmm. you know? But that's not possible right. today. Mm -hmm. And so I refuse to be angry about that. Mm -hmm. Really, I do. I don't carry it as a burden because mm -hmm. otherwise I can't do the work. You know, I would, I would just be the angry black woman, mm -hmm. and I'm not. I'm really good at my job, you know, I can do this job. It's right. not about me coming in as a black woman to clean up the mess. Right. It's about me, Bose, mm -hmm. uh, having the talent and the ability to actually do this work. And that's, what, you, I wanna, you that's are, what I want to prove. You were, um, you know, a high-ranking Apple Music marketing executive. Yeah. You probably could have had your pick of the litter, but you chose to go to a company that was arguably at its lowest point, mm as a result of diversity issues. And, and this is something that I consider all the time. You know, obviously it's much more prominent for black women, particularly in tech, because there's so, so few of you, yeah. um, and prominent black women at that. But when I think about taking jobs, when I think about moderating different panels, what I have to consider is, am I filling someone's quota? Mm. Was that at all a consideration for you that this kind of feels like a public effort to fix their diversity issue when you were thinking about yeah. going to Uber? No, I don't think, I, don't, I really don't think that way. Um, and I can't think that way. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I really would be angry all the time. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, don't, I choose not to think of it that way. And it's not that I'm uh, sort of like Disney-fying it, you know, mm -hmm. or making it sound like that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's clearly I feel like I, I do have something to prove. You know, I always feel that way. Right. 
uh, because quite frankly, I know that people think that or mm -hmm. that people will assume that and therefore it makes the bar that much higher for me. You know, that maybe if I was something else or someone else, that the bar wouldn't be so high because right. I would be given the credit. It's mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, of course he can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's because I'm a black woman, it's like, oh, well, she was hired because she's a black woman and in a diversity, therefore I need to go that step higher right. to prove that, no, actually, I'm just good at this. Right. You know, it's like the best person came right. in. That's what it was. So yeah. what, do you, what do you, as this person who's come in to fix this, yeah. what do you think the problem in Silicon Valley, we're gonna finish with that and then we'll get to questions from the audience, what is, how do you fix this problem? Whoever it is fixing it, it seems. I know, some magical like Wizard yeah, of Oz. What do you but have? Is the, is the problem perception. Yeah, you know, it's because not just that. that. It's is, like, it goes on, it's yeah. like literally yeah. every day, I literally open up the thing, I go, for fuck's sake, like are you kidding me? Kara, this is live. I know, right? <laughs> Text about your genitals, what? Oh like, gosh. You know, like that was today, you're lucky some yeah. other company was behaving badly. But <laughs> what, what do you, what, what do you imagine has to happen in, yeah. and then let's just talk about tech because yeah. I know it's everywhere, but yeah. it's again, there like, just has to be more, there has to be more of us. Right. There has to be more, like that is rule number one, like fix number one, there just has to be so more. Hire I more know, women, yes, it hire more the, the numbers involved. matter in this particular case. Right. They really do. Mm -hmm. Again, there is no magical Wizard of Oz that is like gonna fix this for us. You know, we just have to open the doors. We, there just needs to be more of us. Mm -hmm. And that is the step one. I'm like, I, I don't want to talk about anything else until we get more. And how do you do that? Well, I'm here, so <laughs> All right. more of you come. All right, I don't know <laughs> how many of you there are, but go ahead. Unique. Oh, there's a mic over there. So I'm the father of a, um, a lacrosse player, a fraternity boy. You talk mm -hmm. about Silicon Valley men. Um, at 2.30 in the morning, or, or the next day, when I get a 2.30 in the morning Uber confirmation, that represents comfort to me. Has Uber done any studies to determine the reduction in mm. uh, drunk driving accidents and deaths? Mm -hmm. To understand that? Yes, yes. That's and a story. That, yeah, That's no, a this, story it's really, you. it's incredible. I think there's, um, to the question about, you know, how, how do you address some of the things that perhaps are sort of tougher, you know, they're, they're not the sexy stories, you know? And how do you get to that so that it feels like, okay, you know, we're not just doing this to put points on the board, but these are actually real facts and real numbers. Stories like that are really important to tell, you know? And, and I want to do that. So I want to do it from the perspective of, yes, like a parent who gets that notification and, and then breathes that sigh of relief, you know? It's like, when I was a kid, my mom used to tell me I was in high school, grew up in Colorado, and you know, I was making jokes earlier about the fact that I got my driver's license at 15 and a half, and I was there on I-25, like just, you know, with the lead foot, you know? And that when she heard the garage door open, she, then she fell asleep, you know? And she said, I would never understand that until I had kids, and I have an eight-year-old now, so I'm terrified, you know, right. for the next, like, 10 years. But my point is that, I, I can understand that, you know, and I want to be able to tell that story. So it's, it, yes, it is about the reduction of drunk driving incidents. It's about, you know, the safety of understanding that your kid has arrived at the place they were supposed to when you put them in the car or when they launched the app themselves. Uh, but tell it from the, from, the, from the viewpoint of a parent, you know, come from the emotional point. It's not about the numbers. You know, it's not about the facts and the figures, even though at the end it really is. Mm -hmm. But the, the point is that you want to tell the story from a place of emotion. Another question? Go right up here, sorry. Ooh, that's a cool That's a great dress. That's huh? a great dress, sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I got so distracted. I'm like, I can't yeah. even think straight we'll now. We'll talk later. 
Okay. Um, so I'm Jenny from List, um, and I have a 10-year-old daughter who saw the video of you speaking at the Apple Tech Conference, and she saw that and said, "Mom." This lady's so amazing. You, maybe you can have your Uber account back, because I told her you were going there. And I wonder, how do you feel about being a role model, not just within the tech community and yeah. executives, but like for young women, like seeing you and being like a total badass as you are, how do you feel Girl. about that? It's a right. responsibility. Who lower? I mean, yeah, <laughs> anyway, let me just lay down. Nickname, your nickname is? Badass both. Right. On yes, yeah. because I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I... I it's also complicated. Like, on one hand, I'm so excited about it, right? Because I'm like, yes, you can see me. You know it's possible. It's fantastic, especially for young black girls. You know, I'm really, really, really proud to be in the spotlight to represent them. However, it is also terrifying, you know, because the pressure of it. And it's so funny. So first day of school for my daughter was a couple of weeks ago, right? And um, a lot of the parents were going to stay after, you know, after the sort of, you know, putting the desk together to help out in the classroom the rest of the day. I couldn't because I had to take a flight uh, to go to a, a meeting I could not miss. And um, I was feeling really heavy about it, right? Um, and she was like standing off in the corner and chatting with her little girlfriends. Her little girlfriends, can you imagine? So adorable. <laughs> She's in third grade. Anyway, so she sat over there talking to them and she was like, halfway like bragging and boasting, you know, about what I do and the fact that I couldn't be there because I had to go do something, you know, something else, you know? And it, it was just like, it, it, it resounded for me how important it is to be visible, you know, and to do this in a really powerful and unapologetic way, you know, which is that that's, that's what I want to be, you know, and I, I, want, I want to be something that is worthy to be bragged about. I do have one more question. Okay, <laughs> Yeah, so any more questions from the audience? I have one more question. Or should we just body roll? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no body roll. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. So, so chief brand officer is an interestingly specific role. Yes. And I say that as someone whose role is senior transportation editor. I've never edited a, role, was a word on Recode, it's thankfully amazing. for Recode. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> tell me. make you feel better. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Making my dreams come true, Kara. Um, but yes, I mean. What is, are you effectively the CMO? Why not take the CMO yeah. role? Or were you, uh, were you offered that? You were that? not offered. Is no, there was a lot of conversation, you know, yeah. about know. the titles, right? Um, no, I like, I like brand. I like brand because it represents a holistic picture. You know, marketing can be very mathematical sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think people forget that, you know, that it, because I've had marketing jobs, by the way, my entire career. Right. Uh, or brand marketing, which are sort of interchangeable also. But brand uh, feels, more creative to me. It, I feel like I have more license, you know, to be able to do things that perhaps cannot always go back to an ROI uh, or that cannot be added up. You know, there's a little bit of theater, some like, you know, magic right. that happens. And so that, that is more important to me at this very moment, especially for this brand. Will you report to a CMO under DARA? I don't know. You don't We're going to talk about that. Talk yeah. about yeah. uh, I have two more very quick questions uh, before we go. DARA, what is your... Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited, you know, he, because he is like forceful, you know, he is uh, steady, he has a really strong point of view, and he has enough edge, you know? I like a, I love a little badassness in there, because I, I am too, in the right way. When did you, oh sorry, when did you find out that he was going to be CEO? Oh my God, I found, I was at the VMAs, 
uh, I was with my daughter at the VMAs, and she was like, you know, screaming my ear off, like I literally could not hear, you know. And then my phone started going nuts, and that, that's when the confirmation happened. Yeah. Right, right. To you, who told you? What was? Actually, I think I saw it on Twitter. Actually, was it Karis? Oh, it was you. Thank you, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you, you so see. much. Um, but the, um, but the, you think he has enough edge because I, that was yeah. my worry is that he's an yeah. adult and a normal person and might not understand the toxicity level. Uh, that was my, that's what I told him anyway. Just, I know. Wow. I, I know. You, I can't help you it. are something else. I, I know. What can I say? Um, my last question for you when you are, yeah. what, is Apple. You yes. came from Apple? Yes. Are you going to buy the $1,000? Oh my iPod? God. What a question. Well, I Why mean. Not? But here's the thing, I, I love, I love, I love, I love my gadgets. Like I have everything, you know? Right, right. And I am in love with the, with the new technology, you know, like the Face ID and all these other things. And so right. I really, really want it. I'm but, gonna have to. But what? Well, I, you know, I, I've got two of them. You know what I mean? Okay. And so I'm, it's a thousand dollars It's a thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. I think you're wearing that on your feet. I okay, am. But go ahead. Don't worry about that. You I'm know what I mean? I'm just telling you. Why are you in my closet? No, what are you, you know what I'm but you think the price point is like makes even like I'm even doing it too. I can. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of sticker shock, but you know I love the product so much. I, I feel like I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, you're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> me too. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Badass go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay and be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, in which Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. You can find all these shows and more at Recode.net or wherever you listen to your podcasts.